Chapter Eighteen of Twenty Minutes Late by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eighteen: Machines and News. Ben's very next letter to Caroline had in it this sentence: "I am tremendously interested in your dashes. I always am interested in new things, you know, especially if they have any machinery about them. Suppose you write me a letter on the thing." you might send a translation of it at the same time but i am learning the alphabet from the slip you sent and i have a fancy to see if i could make any words out of your letter this sentence caroline read to dorothy and that evening she told her father about it good said the busy man in his cheeriest tones you and i ought to be acquainted with ben pussy how shall we manage it perhaps we will write him a letter ourselves one of these days i think your father is wonderful said caroline following his retreating form with admiring eyes dorothy gave a happy little laugh i have always thought so she said but what makes you say so just now why it is so wonderful that when he has so many and such important things to think of and people waiting for him and all that that he should take the trouble to think about ben and be interested in him it seems strange seems like a very great man not but what ben is worth thinking about she said with flushing cheek but then he doesn't know him you see dorothy laughed again papa isn't like any other papa she said he is like i will tell you caroline who i think he is like i don't say it often because it wouldn't sound right people wouldn't understand what i meant but i think he is like jesus christ caroline gave a little start of surprise she had never heard just that said about anybody and it did sound strange but the more she wondered about it the more she thought it might be so he went about among sick people and poor people a great deal just as she knew jesus did when he was on earth and just as far as he was able he cured the sick and he had always a kind word for everybody he met he certainly must be a little like jesus and then this young girl who had known about jesus all her life felt her cheeks tingle with a thought which almost made her ashamed she already felt that she not only respected but loved dr forsythe and wanted to please him in every possible way why did she not love jesus christ and feel anxious to please him it is because i do not know him she told herself as alone in her room that night she thought of it again while she was brushing her hair and braiding it for the night it is different but i cannot help feeling that it is if i could see him and hear him talk and watch his beautiful life i am sure i should love him then she opened her bible to read the few verses that she had always been in the habit of reading quite by herself just before she knelt down to pray it seemed very strange in fact almost made her feel afraid to see that the verse she opened to began blessed are they who have not seen and yet have believed was jesus thinking that thought about her at that moment i am not sure but just then the first real desire to be a christian that she ever felt in her life came to caroline bryant she had often feebly wished for a few moments that she were one as one might wish for the moon perhaps 
but to-night she said in her heart it must be good to have him for a real friend and know that you love him and are pleasing him oh why am i not one of his friends new things or at least things which were new to caroline were very common in dr forsythe's house the next one which interested her deeply she found in the kitchen none of her duties lay in that direction and it happened that she had been in the house for several weeks before she had done more than pass through it one morning she was sent to the cook with a message from mrs packard and stopped in astonishment near the door to listen to a peculiar rumbling noise what in the world can that be she said to herself something must be wrong with the steam pipes i wonder if i ought to go somewhere and try to find out why the noise comes from the kitchen the cook must be there the noise ceased as suddenly as it had come and no harm appeared to have resulted caroline pushed open the kitchen door and found not only the cook but nancy the dining-room girl standing beside a large shining box and watching with apparent satisfaction a stream of soap suds falling out from a faucet underneath inside the box were rows and rows of dishes platters vegetable dishes cups saucers glasses spoons in short everything which had a little while ago been on the well-filled breakfast table was arranged in orderly rows within that box each group of dishes seemed to have rooms of their own the saucers fitted into neat little wire shelves which apparently had been made to receive them the cups looked down on them from wire shelves above while quite down below was another division altogether where the plates and other heavy dishes had it all their own way nancy laughed merrily over the puzzled look on caroline's face the two had been good friends since the evening caroline had offered to finish setting the table and let nancy go out on an errand which she was eager to do did you never see anything like this before she asked as she spoke she dashed a pailful of water over the dishes which caroline knew from the steam that arose must have been very hot she gave an involuntary start toward the cut-glass pitcher and said why nancy you'll break the glasses oh no i won't said nancy in perfect unconcern they have been tempered in the first water and will bear it pretty near to boiling now they have been washed and i am going to rinse them off down went the cover and grasping the handle nancy turned it vigorously the surprising noise was accounted for only a few turns and again she opened the faucet let the water flow out and dashed still another pailful over the steaming dishes there she said with a triumphant air as she raised the cover once more now dry you are hot enough to do it in a hurry and my morning's work is done in short order wouldn't you like to wash and rinse and dry dishes as quick as that if you had them to do i never saw anything like it in my life said caroline in intense admiration nor heard of anything like it do you always wash dishes that way three times a day said nancy triumphantly a great army of them we use the most dishes in this house of any place i ever heard of every time kate turns around she uses seven or eight fresh ones it used to make me downright vexed 
but since we got this thing i don't care it don't turn no harder when it's full than when it's half full isn't it wonderful said caroline reaching for a cup and admiring the fine polish on its shining surface oh dear what a comfort such a machine would be to a woman i know your ma i suppose said nancy sympathetically if she has as many dishes to wash it certainly would caroline laughed she had visions just then of the large machine in her mother's already too crowded room washing her few small dishes it is not my mother she has a little bit of a family and only a few dishes to wash but a lady lives a little way from us who keeps a boarding-house and she does have such hard work to get her dishes washed clean it takes a great deal of time she told me once she had harder work to get a dishwasher to suit her than she did a cook it is harder to do than cooking said nancy take it year in and year out i would rather cook than wash dishes in the old-fashioned way enough sight but with this thing it is all done up in a few minutes and off your mind caroline did not know that nancy could not have cooked even a simple dinner if she had tried but the cook did and giggled then caroline did her errand and ran away her mind full of the new machine and what a thing it would be if fanny and rufus kedwin could get their mother one for christmas the word christmas made her sigh the idea of being away from home on that day of all others but hard upon the sigh came a smile for she already knew several pretty secrets for christmas that afternoon as she and dorothy came from school dr forsythe opened the door of his reception room and invited them in it was after office hours and he was alone here is a letter for you he said to caroline come in here and read it if you wish while i talk with this young lady a bit and he dropped into a great leather-covered chair and gathered dorothy into his arms beginning to take off rubbers and wraps as he asked about the day's delights for school life was one long drawn-out delight to dorothy presently an exclamation of astonishment slightly tinctured with dismay made them both run toward caroline no unpleasant news i hope said the doctor caroline blushed and smiled no sir it is good news i suppose but you are not quite sure dorothy laughed why caroline she said you spoke exactly as though you were not quite sure and how could that be all news are either so very good or so very bad there is no halfway about them is there father not to a nature like yours said her father regarding her with the fond grave smile with which he often looked at his fair darling well said caroline slightly embarrassed there are two people coming to the city whom i know and of course i shall like to see them if i have a chance but and here she stopped friends of yours asked the doctor yes sir at least i thought they were yes sir they are friends of course we used to be quite intimate but she really did not know how to express herself and this accounted for those awkward pauses is that a conundrum for dorothy and me to guess dr forsythe asked smiling kindly no sir 
with a little embarrassed laugh what i mean is i do not know whether they will want to see me now then her cheeks flamed and she felt that she had said a very strange thing dr forsythe knew her but very little and he did not know her mother or ben at all what would he think she had been doing to make her feel that perhaps friends with whom she had once been very intimate might not want to see her now what could he think but that something very wrong in some way had happened yet how was she to explain to him what she really meant her embarrassment was painful but the doctor did not seem inclined to help her he sat looking thoughtfully at her with a kind and yet a grave face what he was thinking was something very different from caroline's supposition he did not distrust her in the least and he had received letters enough from mrs bryant to come to his own conclusions about her the thought uppermost in his mind just then was what a mercy and a blessing it has been to us to secure to our darling such a girl as this to be with her all the time a wise patient loving womanly little girl who can be trusted and whom dorothy loves with all her heart i shall certainly never forget one who makes so bright my darling's days but the thought which always shadowed this father came with force to him just then none knew better than he how few his darling's days might be caroline mistaking the gravity came to a sudden conclusion she reached forth the letter with a quick nervous gesture dr forsythe she said have you time just to read that page then you will know what i mean i will read it with pleasure if you would like to have me do so the doctor answered is it from ben from ben and mother a little piece of it is mother's and dr forsythe read i've great news for you line fanny and rufus kedwin are going to philadelphia for the holidays that uncle of theirs about whom they are always talking has sent them money enough to go and mrs kedwin is working half the night trying to get them prinked up mother is helping her some rufus feels very large and talks to fanny until she thinks she feels large too only she forgets to carry it out sometimes they are both as silly as ever more so in fact i'm going to tell you what they said last night so you will understand things and not feel troubled they were over here with their mother getting advice from our mother about how to make over a dress and some other things i said to rufus it seems funny to think of your seeing line in a few days humph rufus said i don't know whether we shall see her or not she has done such a queer thing that i think she does not expect to have much to do with her friends what do you mean i asked and he laughed and looked half ashamed for a minute then he said well now ben there's no use in going around a thing forever you know it is very odd in line to go and be just a common servant my uncle's folks don't associate with such people and they might think it queer if we had much to do with her i think it was downright mean in line to go and do such a thing when she wasn't obliged to it makes it awfully disagreeable for her friends i felt for a moment as though i should like to knock him but i held my tongue until i could speak about as usual then i said line is a rather uncommon servant i think you will find 
yes said fanny putting her voice in eagerly as though she wanted to do something to make things pleasant i know she must be splendid i should like to be rich and have line to wait on me i should like nothing better well that was sillier than anything even rufus had said but she meant it well so i could afford to laugh and i said i could think of several things line would like better but of course they need not go and see her unless they chose oh of course we will see her rufus said we will go once anyhow because we have those things of your mother's to take to her and that will be excuse enough to give to our uncle but of course we cannot do as we would if she was not living out i do not suppose they want to have people ringing the bell and asking to see her anyhow mother says they won't that people never like it well there was a good deal more of that kind of stuff that i need not waste the paper to write down i am only taking the trouble to tell this so that you will understand things better when they come and not be hurt you know they are not worth your thinking of them twice and you and i know it if they would stay away entirely i would be glad then i would have kept still about their silly talk but mother asked them to take your sack and a few little things from daisy before we thought how they would feel the truth is i did not know before that they were such dreadful simpletons then followed a few lines in another hand ben has written you somewhat more fully than was worth while daughter about poor rufus and fanny though i advised him to tell you just how they felt that you might not be unpleasantly surprised when you met them i hope my daughter will have pity for the follies and failings of her friends they are hardly to be blamed they have been surrounded all their lives by people who held false views of life so that very much cannot be expected of them i continually hope for them that some influence may come to both in time to save them else their lives will be a failure if my caroline will learn to pray for them and will cultivate the sort of feeling which belongs to earnest prayer she may be able to save them both End of chapter 18